people can't get enough of the Stouting Off podcast. Tune in each week as Drew Stoutenberg and his producer, Jordan McMillian, spout off commentary on the everyday. The Stouting Off podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. E2i Design is a full solutions provider for all things audio, video, lighting, and broadcast. Whether it be design, installation, or simply offering gear for a great price, E2i Design supports you by providing the right tools for the job. Look them up on Facebook or Instagram at E2i Design or visit their website, E2iDesign.com. Episode 202 of the Motor City HDJ podcast is the first interview of the new season, and I am excited that I had a chance to chat with my relatively new friend, Danielle McKee of Futitini Events. She's an event coordinator and planner that I feel would most likely be my spirit animal if I chose that as a career. And we had a chance to work a wedding together in Ludington last year. I'll just tell you, probably within 10 minutes of talking about that day, I knew I was in the right place. Danielle's got an energy that's just electric. She's got a knack for what she does that really shines through. And you'll hear all about her passion for event coordination and planning, her love for her Italian culture, and I even asked her about some of her pet peeves with other vendors she meets week in and week out. And I got to talk about E2i Design, the sponsor of this podcast. Find them on their website, e2idesign.com, or on their socials at E2i Design. This is a fun one today. My conversation with Danielle McKee, Futitini Events, starts right now. I'm just excited and thrilled that I got another human to actually talk to me. I wanted to make you the first conversation of 2022 because planning has been a nightmare since COVID came into our lives. Yes. And I am just fascinated when I get to talk to event coordinators and planners, magician, extraordinaire kind of people like you. And I know we've discussed this with the way that I approach what I do, you know, I, I do feel like I could have been maybe a wedding and event coordinator planner in a past life, but then I realized it takes the detail skill set to a whole other level. And I just cannot fathom how all of the amazing people like you keep all these plates spinning at once without just ripping your hair out. And uh, I, I just have to know, is it that you're an amazing multitasker or are you clinically insane? A little bit of both, Brett. A little <laughs> bit of both. <laughs> this past year, I have really, I've started to utilize HoneyBook. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the program. Yeah. Love oh, yeah. it. Absolutely love it. It has made a lot of those day-to-day -day kind of tedious tasks right. so much easier. And yeah. it's it takes, you know, it takes a lot of time to do invoicing and, and some right. of these client-related tasks. And HoneyBook has streamlined so much for me. So it, it helps to keep everything really organized. Right. It helps with the communication with the clients. And mm -hmm. then I can keep my focus on, you know, new wedding trends or, you know, with COVID, there were so many reschedules that had to happen and brides that had, I mean, I had one bride that had to reschedule her wedding twice. Come on. And it, it kind of made things very, very hectic. So, you know, it, it allowed me a little bit of extra time to kind of focus in on those things. And, you know, with a wedding reschedule, it's not just rescheduling the date. You have to reschedule every vendor associated with running your event, right. which is difficult because a yep. lot of these vendors book up a year or two in advance. Yep. 
So when you're trying to push your wedding back one year, there's a lot of headaches there. Mm-hmm. And that it takes a lot of time to kind of coordinate a lot of that. I dig it. I, I really do. I have a crazy amount of respect for what you do. Getting an opportunity to see you in action and working alongside with you in, in just one event. It was, it's only been one event. And I kind of tease it in the cold open about being a spirit animal because, yeah, really, I feel... I feel what you feel. I go through, we go through those things together, especially with me being front facing with everybody that's at the event and and you, my goodness, I mean, you keep inebriated wedding parties moving along with the timeline. You deal with vendors that are late. You repair damaged cakes. I mean, just everything you do to assist in in creating perfect musical moments as well to get an an entrance right. It's a lot to manage. And if you're listening to this, if you're out there and you're listening to this episode, this woman, I have, again, I have seen her in action. It is nothing short of amazing. So bravissimo to you, my friend. It is absolutely wonderful to watch you work. Yeah, just keep it up because my goodness, um, that's the show right there. All I want to do is bring you on and just congratulate you on all the great work. That was it. Uh, no, <laughs> no. I want to. I want people to know who you are because, uh, again, this podcast is an opportunity for me to chat with people that I enjoy working with. That I feel that brain waves are similar. The connection to the clients is similar. The way we operate is similar. And you know, before we get too deep into how you do what you do, I, I want to look at your origin a little bit. I know just in some crazy stalking deep dive that I do before these episodes, honestly, it was on your website. So it was easy. (laughs) So I just had to go to the website, but you grew up in Clarkston. You moved to Kalamazoo for school. You ended up in Grand Rapids and poof, Fuititini events was born. It's that easy, obviously. Well, no, of course there was a journey along the way, but talk about your journey that brought you to this point. I've always had a passion for event planning since I was very young, growing up in an Italian family. My sister, or my, I'm sorry, my mom had five sisters. My dad had a very large extended Italian family. We always had big get togethers and I was a little worker bee for my, my grandma putting these events together. And I loved it. I loved the planning, the organizing, I mean, everything that went into it. And, you know, when I started working, this was back when you could work at 14, 15 years old. Sure, I was yeah. working at a catering company over in Clarkston, the Pine Dot Mansion and Carriage House, my heart. But yeah. I, I started doing dishes because I was too young to do anything else and then right. moved into serving and setting up weddings and being a part of that whole extravaganza, we'll call it. Yeah. But I was just so intrigued and I'd always, you know, I'd, I'd help these I would say uh, adults at the time, they were adults to me, Mm -hmm. set up these events. And I think, okay, these are the things I would do differently. And, and this is where I could do better. And, you know, I kind of took that. And from there I worked at a flower nursery and kind of got to know a lot of the flowers and the different options that you can use at a wedding. I worked at an invitation design shop that, I mean, they did a little bit of party planning, but I really learned the ins and outs of wedding stationery. And, you know, just me as a person, I like to know the why behind everything. I have to know how everything works. And to me, it's how I can speak intelligently of weddings. So eventually I knew that it's always something that I wanted to do. Um, I had all of this background knowledge on weddings and, and how the whole event goes from start to finish and all the different aspects that are included in that. And Mm -hmm. I decided to start my own business and and here we are today. So this is more than just a hobby for you then, yeah? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. And and I know we've talked about 
that because um, in just conversation about how this is your your passion, I guess the question would just why are you so passionate about event coordination and planning? You know, I with all of the experience that I have in events, I've noticed how stressful it can be for other people. Absolutely. And I, I'm not saying that I don't get stressed out, but I manage <laughs> stress very well. Stress sure. is a huge motivator for me. Right. And, you know, I, I think that part of the reason that I'm so passionate about wedding planning is that I have the ability to kind of take some of the stress off of my clients right? just with my knowledge and my experience and kind of ease their mind a little bit, help them through the entire process. Sure. And that would be my number one goal is to just take the stress off of the bride and groom because your wedding should not be stressful. And, you know, that's, that's a lot right. of the feedback that I got before I started this business is, oh my gosh, it was awful. There were so many things that I had to do and I, I felt like I was missing something. And I I don't want anyone, friends, family, clients, I don't want anyone to feel like their wedding was more stressful than it was enjoyable. And so sure. my what makes me so passionate here is that I have the ability to kind of release some of that stress, right. help my clients out with my knowledge and experience yeah. and, yeah. and have them really enjoy their wedding yeah. day and celebrate those tiny moments that mean the most. Yeah, that's awesome. I know in what when I discuss with my clients about the the stress of things, uh, I, you know, the biggest worry that couples have that I run into is that they have to keep the plates spinning. And these are people that don't end up hiring a coordinator or planner. And then I have to remind them, listen, you've got if if you've got the right people, then they will keep the plate spinning for you. But add to that mix, right? Someone who is specifically skilled in making sure all those plates keep spinning and for them to just not have to worry about a thing, which is kind of ironic that you would name your business with your Italian heritage. You would name your business Futitini, which is a Sicilian word, as I found out. Thanks, Google. Uh, that means don't worry about it. So, yes. and, and tying these thoughts together, then how did you decide on that as the image for your brand? You know, it's kind of a funny story. I've always known that I was Italian, obviously, uh, just growing up surrounded by them. Irish is a little bit mixed in there too, but sure, I, yeah. I took a DNA test there it is. and in, in the DNA test, yeah. it said I was much more Italian than I thought that I was. Awesome. Um, and it's, you know, it's always been a big part of my life, the homemade pasta and the big events and uh, my great grandma spoke a lot of Italian, uh, mostly the bad words. Um, but <laughs> they all do. She's not the only one. I'm sure there was many more than just her. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but I, I knew that I wanted my business name to reflect who I am as a person and right. what I wanted to accomplish. And right. I really just wanted it to be one word. And, and, you know, when you're mm -hmm. creating a business, you, forget that you really need to check to make sure that business name is not already taken. And the beauty of Futitini yep. <laughs> is that it's not a common word. Um, that not using it every day. Not. No, not over yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, not. I came yeah. across the word, I thought it was beautiful. I thought it looked beautiful. I, I knew that that is where I wanted to take my business. Now it was a little bit difficult because I knew it would be hard to pronounce. Mm -hmm. I knew it would be hard to spell and I knew it would be hard to remember. So that has been uh, a little bit of a journey navigating, right. but I think that it perfectly describes what I am trying to accomplish and 
one beautiful, elegant word. I love it. I, and I love that uh, there is the thought behind it. You know, it's not just uh, and my one biggest pet peeve. And this is no fault to anybody out there that decides to do this, specifically with photographers. I see this a lot. And I get that it makes it easier, but like first name, middle name photography. Okay. It's an identifier, you know, it's unique to the, to you, the person, but yeah, something like just, I mean, you look at Apple, Microsoft, right? People that came up with just a one word brand. That's awesome, pal. I really, I really love that you thought a lot about that because it definitely speaks to um, uh, you wanting to identify yourself by something that's just simple and easy and elegant and it works. So, uh, and especially from a cultural standpoint, you know, that it actually means something to you and your heritage. I think that's even cooler. So uh, I, I am thrilled just to remember uh, going back as we were getting ready for this conversation today to August 6th of last year, go all the way back to 2021, which feels like it was 10 years ago, uh, <laughs> thanks to COVID. But uh, one of my new favorite venues, I know it was a first for you that day, wasn't it? Or, nope, or that was my first time at the before? Lake House. There you go. The Lake House, which is in Ludington, Michigan. Everybody say hi to Jeff and Gene over there. I love them dearly. And I can't wait to get back there a couple more times this year. But I remember talking about um, about that being the first time that you worked that venue, it was. It was a gorgeous ceremony. Uh, the details were beautiful. It was a well-executed day. And not only this couple, you know, not only am I curious to know how this couple f found you, but generally if someone's calling you, how do they find you? I get it that you've got a website and that they're going to find you on Google and things like that. But really, how do people find you to do what you do. You know, it's changed. I feel like over the last four years, mm -hmm. I started this business in 2018. Um, but I, yeah, that particular couple found me on Google, which is getting harder and harder yeah. because, you know, SEO and all of the fun stuff that comes with Google. But um, I do a lot of referral business. Mm -hmm. uh, my referral business is kind of my focus. It's go. my, I would say my bread and butter. Yeah. I am not as strong on social media as I would like to be. Sure. Um, and I think, you know, part of that is because that is, you know, the, the way that the world is moving now is social media. Instagram is a definitely a big one. Um, Facebook is kind of dying out a little bit, I think, mm -hmm. but you know, referral business, you kind of, you, you know, the vendors that are referring you, you know, the clients that are referring you, you know, that those people for the most part are going to fall in line with that ultimate, you know, what you, what you stand behind. Do you say yes to every single client that reaches out to you or does Danielle say, well, maybe they're not the best fit for me or our styles don't work. I mean, how, how do you manage that? So in the beginning of my, of running this business, I mm -hmm. did say yes to every client business is business sure. or at the time business is business. Right. Um, when you're starting off, you, you really feel like it's difficult to say no to clients, but then as you kind of get into this, you realize that not every client is for you and that's okay. Um, you might not fall in line design style wise. You might not fall in line budget wise. There are all of these different aspects that come into play and mm -hmm. it's not always a perfect match. Right. You know, I've had clients that come to me and they say, Hey, you know, my budget's $20,000. And when you're starting planning, you're like, okay, that's a that's a decent wedding. Mm -hmm. Um, but then you get halfway through the planning process and you know, at the beginning you kind of notice that maybe they'll, 
maybe they'll go back on what they're saying. Um, and then you get halfway through planning and they're like, we don't want to spend any more money. And it's, those are the types of clients that you really try to avoid because you're setting an expectation at the beginning. And it's very, very important to have a budget established, especially when you're planning a wedding because you're budgeting all of those vendors around that dollar amount. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's, since the beginning, I have come up with plenty of questions that I ask just to kind of get to know the couple um, get to know their background, how heavily involved they want to be in the planning process. Um, and then I kind of, you know, make a decision based off of all of these questions. And are we a good fit? Did we, right. did we catch a vibe on right. our first call? Right. Um, Absolutely. You know, those types of things. Do people have realistic expectations of the planning process or are people clueless about the planning process? You know, I would say that people are pretty in tune with the planning process, but I would say Mm -hmm. people are very unaware with the average cost of things. There you go. I think that's fair to say. I I think you're probably right there. Definitely. (laughs) Yep. Yep. They know that they know that it costs money to do these things, but finding, you know, providing them with that average dollar, I have a budget sheet that I'll send out where you can type in your budget and it will take all the market averages for, you know, what the DJ cost, what the florist cost, all of these different vendors. So they at least have an idea as, yeah. as to what they need to do to keep it in their budget. Um, but, you know, that still only goes so far, especially when you've been Pinterest planning your wedding for the last 15 years, 10 years. You and my heart with all your spreadsheets <laughs> and numbers. Oh, you're speaking to me in a way that I wish other people understood about the budget and numbers when they come to me and say, oh, you know, yeah, we would love to have entertainment for our wedding. And Okay, great. And how much you looking to spend? I don't know, like two fifty. Like what? <laughs> what? Well, I have a link to an Amazon speaker that you can purchase. Yeah. <laughs> Let me get you the best Bluetooth speaker money can buy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, of course, with everything you do, I, I know in just getting myself ready for today, uh, even going over to your website, I discovered you have a myriad of services that you offer. And obviously we're chatting today to highlight what you do as a day of coordinator or event planner. And there are some pretty stark differences between the two, which I didn't realize, but you spelled it out very, very well and very, very clearly. So describe your role just as a day of coordinator. What is a day of coordinator? Danielle, the day of coordinator, what does she do? Sure. Well, thank you, Brett, for the kind words. You're welcome. Um, (laughs) Please, I want to grovel as much as I can. Send the business. I'm kidding, but I'm serious. (laughs) Um, so, <laughs> so what is Danielle, it. Danielle, the day of coordinator, what does she do? So as a day of coordinator, and there is a common misconception here, but the day of coordinator, I would say is more of, uh, more along the lines of a month of coordinator. Mm-hmm. Your day of coordinator is going to be very uninvolved in the planning process. So the bride and groom are going to pick their venue and their photographer and their baker and all of these different vendors. And then a month before their wedding, and I'm, I'm not entirely sure how all of the other planners do this, but mm-hmm. for me, uh, 30 days before the wedding, I send out a little questionnaire, and that gives me a really good basis of how to build that timeline. Right. And then from there, we'll go ahead and schedule a call, talk through some of those details. I'll put the timeline together. About a week before the wedding, I'll reach out to different vendors just so they have my contact information. They know who to reach out to on the day of. And then... You know, the best way that I explain it is I'm a project manager for the wedding. So beforehand, they're passing all that documentation over to me. They're, you know, I'm reaching out to the vendors. I'm now the main point of contact. And then the day of, 
I am there from start to finish. I'm there to set up the decorations, to coordinate all those vendors arriving. Where are they going to be setting up? Do they need tables? Do they need chairs? Getting all those guest tables set up from, I mean, centerpieces to candles to guest book tables. If it's at a wedding, the your day of coordinator is handling those aspects. And then at the end of the night, I'm, my goal is that the bride and groom just grab their shoes and their their bags and head out the door. They don't have to worry about taking all that decoration down, where to put it, loading it into, into cars. I would say that day of is is your project manager for the event. Okay. So on the other side of that, then what does Danielle, the event planner do? Everything. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I felt as- like you were going to say that. It, it, it <laughs> felt, yeah. Day of coordinators just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, completely. There's just the workload. Talk about your workload and as event planner. My goodness. Sure. Well, you know, it, um, it can kind of vary. Mm-hmm. So some brides and grooms will kind of have maybe their venue booked or maybe a photographer booked. Not very many vendors, but very basic. Maybe they know somebody, maybe they've got a referral from a, a friend who's used this photographer, whatever the case may be. Um, And they'll reach out to me. We'll kind of discuss what they're looking for in a planner because I I offer two types of full planning packages, if you will. Sure. Um, And one would be a partial plan and then one would be a full plan. So either way, you're getting this a very similar service. It just depends on what the client is looking for as far as how involved they are in the process. So, you know, I have some clients that say, I want to have a gorgeous wedding. I I don't want to be spending my days and nights planning this. Um, those are the people who would probably lean more towards a full planning package. And then there's my clients who say, hey, I still want to be involved in this process. I just need guidance. I need hand-holding. I need direction because I, I don't even know where to start. So in either case, um, a lot of times I'm recommending vendors. I am... Um, helping them through all of these different aspects. Again, I have a spreadsheet that kind of walks through a list of to-dos to prepare yep. for a wedding. Of course. Um, but, you know, there's there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes, anywhere from dress fittings to cake tasting to meeting with different vendors to planning the day um, that I kind of help to coordinate throughout the process. And then on top of it, they're still getting that day of coordination. So, there's less of a handover beforehand, obviously, because I've been involved throughout that planning process. But a lot more to do. There's yep. a ton. More there's a lot to spin. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's just it's amazing because a lot of people trying to plan an event don't really have a clue what they need. If you're talking to the average client, someone reaches out to you, based on what you hear, on average. Which one of your services do people need the most, do you think? 100%. I think that every couple needs a day of coordinator. Okay. With that in mind, as as you say that that people definitely need a day of coordinator, is it that it isn't always appropriate for people to have an event planner? Or I mean, how do you feel about that? You know, it, it kind of goes a couple ways. And I, I don't want to downplay my services whatsoever, Absolutely. but right. there are some clients that are highly organized highly efficient. They may be in a similar business or they might know somebody in event planning and they have someone to kind of guide them through the process. Right. I don't necessarily think that those people are always a good fit because you kind of know what you're doing there. And the purpose of hiring an event planner is to 
have that expertise, to have that right. guidance, to have somebody there to help you throughout the process. Got it. As far as day of coordination, the bride and groom are always they're the star of their wedding. Mm -hmm. And then you have all of your family that are flying in from all over the country or all over the world. And they're coming here to spend the day with you. So you don't necessarily want to assign one of those people to handle some of those minuscule tasks of following the timeline and coordinating with vendors and just some of those tasks that the day of coordinator does handle. And so I... I think that with any level of expertise in the business, I think a day off coordinator would be a -hmm. requirement for any bride and groom. And I say requirement in the way, in the sense of this is going to make your wedding day completely painless and stress-free. And, you know, event planning is, again, it's, some people are, are very organized. They have it together. They know what they're doing. They have a path that they want to follow. They're very type A, which, you know, a lot of my brides are type A and oh yeah, we love them. We love type A brides. Yes, we do. Our little spirit animals. (laughs) They're our spirit animals. Um, So yeah. Yeah. The, the, and I'm so glad that you said that because man, there are so many type A brides out there. There are type A grooms too. Um, fewer, but I feel like, and, and tell me if you think this is true, but I feel like the type A bride that didn't hire an event coordinator or event planner doesn't get to enjoy her day as much as she could have had she hired an event coordinator or event planner. They still could potentially enjoy their day, but sure. there may be four or five family members that don't enjoy it as much. There you go. So it's, you know, and the bride is obviously going to be involved in that a little bit because someone's going to have to come back and check with her on certain things, or let's say dinner is being served late and that pushes back everything that pushes back your first dances that pushes back, um, speeches. If you're doing them after dinner, that pushes back your dance floor opening for guests to kind of enjoy their time there. So, you know, it's not necessarily that the bride and groom won't enjoy their day. It's just another layer of stress to be removed from the clients. Yeah. And the easiest way to relieve that stress is to reach out to someone like you. Uh, and th- really, and that's, I know it's kind of a, a dad way to segue, but it's true. If you're not hiring someone to manage or coordinate your event for you, and you're trying to do all of this on your own, yeah, there is a possibility you're going to be stressed out. And especially on the biggest day of your life, you don't want to do that. So let's talk about then your process. They reach out to you. They say, you know what, Danielle, we need your help. Walk us through from point of contact to midnight 01, signing on the dotted line. Walk us through the process of getting you on board. And then from there, how that process goes until the big day. Well, it's going to be a little bit different per package, but I'll start with day of coordination. We'll do our initial consult. We talk through style ideas, budget, all of the the big aspects of planning a wedding. Make sure that we're a good fit for each other because that's, yep. you know, while someone may not be a good fit for me, I might not be a good fit for them. They might that's be right. looking for something different in a planner and that's okay. So, you know, we go through some of these questions. Once we both decide that we're a good fit for each other, I go ahead and send over a proposal and a contract for them to just view and sign off on. You know, there's all these different pieces too that we really like to have our butts covered on. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And that would 
you know, some like little things, even just using photos for social media and marketing purposes. And, you know, we want to make sure that we're on the same page there as well. And once they sign off on the contract for day of coordination, it's a little bit different because you're really not hearing from your coordinator a whole lot prior to your wedding. Mm -hmm. I do 90 day, 60 day, and then 30 day check-ins just, Mm -hmm. you know, people aren't always going to reach out to you if they need help because you're providing a service. It's, it's one of those things where it's, it's more comfortable sometimes when I'm reaching out, I found. So I make sure to do those check-ins because, you know, they might have, they might be uncertain on how they're going to do place cards, or they might need some sort of guidance in other departments. And I'm always happy to offer that assistance. So 30 days out from the event, I will send out a questionnaire. Mm -hmm. And from there, we schedule a, I would say our first consult prior to the wedding after the initial consult Mm -hmm. and go through some of those questions that are on the questionnaire. I mean, they're really very simple things. The bride and groom will not have to go looking for answers on this. It's really what, when are your vendors showing up? If you have the time, if you don't, that's fine. I'll figure it out. Questions about family members and are there any special requirements? Are there any food allergies? Just very general questions, but it gives us a talking point to have this meeting post questionnaire. Then we hop on the phone, talk through a few details. I start to build that timeline up based on that discussion. And then a week before their wedding, I reach out to all of the vendors to introduce myself, give them my cell phone number and contact information in case that anything comes up on the day of. And you wouldn't be surprised with how many things could potentially go wrong. I'm not surprised (laughs) with how many things could go wrong. (laughs) Yes. So I want to make sure that they are calling me and reaching Mm -hmm. out to me when those things potentially come up versus calling the bride because there is nothing worse than stressing the bride out the week before the wedding. Right. On the day of, I Mm -hmm. will show up as early as the venue will let us arrive. And Mm -hmm. then I locate all the decorations. You know, a lot of times if the venue will not allow us to store decorations there, I will collect them at the rehearsal and hold on to them until the next day and just bring them back with me. But I'll go ahead, set everything up for the event, coordinate with all of those vendors that are showing up, making sure that, you know, the room is set up so that the photographer can do her detail shots and making sure there's a table there for the DJ and all of these different components that you don't really think about. And then, you know, we make sure that the ceremony starting on time. We make sure that family photos are happening, that the introductions are happening and, you know, that, that whole flow of events throughout the rest of the night. And then at the end of the night, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy because a lot of these places will give you one hour to take down the, the yeah. event is let's the events over at 11. You yep. got to be out by midnight right? and clearing out 150, 200 people and taking down a bunch of decorations at the end of the night is terrifying. Sometimes it's yeah. like, how am yeah. I going to do this? Um, yeah, but I, I, I have it too. Well, you know, I've got it down to a science at this point. Yeah. It's, you know, waiting for candle wax to melt is nothing that I considered when I first got into this business. <laughs> um, not it's once. a unique skill set. It's a unique, it's a skill. unique I'm a skill person. Set. I'm waiting on candle wax to melt. I am. Okay. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and you can't, I mean, you can't pack it up until it's all dried up. So it's yeah. like, 
that is something that I will do first is blow out all the candles and then take everything else down. And then by the time everything else is taken down, you can put those candles away. And there's all these tiny little things that literally nobody would ever consider, but your coordinator handles all of that for you. So you don't have to really worry about it. You don't have to stress about it. You can just finish up dancing, socialize with your guests as they're leaving and, and call it a night or carry the party on. Uh, Yeah. And I've never thought about that. Legitimately have never understood until now why you would blow candles out as early as you do. But now that you mention it, it makes complete sense. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So you're, because I often thought that I was always the last person there, you know, and then I even remember our experience. That's not the case. I mean, the, 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 the planner or coordinator is there well after and of course, I've gotten it down to a science myself as far as my teardown process is concerned to load out. I can usually load out in 15 to 20 minutes. Just I don't care. Throw it in the bins, get it in the car and get out. How long are you there after the event ends? I mean, it's got to be a while. I would say when I started, it'd probably be two, two and a half hours of back when I did not have it down to a science. It's about one hour, I would say, after the event ends. And that's because that's the way that it has to be. A lot of these Mm -hmm. venues, your events over at 11, you have to be completely out by midnight. So, and that's where some of this blowing out the candles or taking little items down in advance comes into play because one hour is not a lot of time to be packing up. You know, if, if the bride and groom has two boxes of decorations, that's one thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But if they're coming in with 11 boxes of decor for setup, then Mm -hmm. it's going to take you a while to take everything down. And granted it's, Takedown is obviously much quicker than set up, but there are also components. And if they have glasswares that need to be wrapped Mm -hmm. and, you know, you're not just throwing things into a box, you're, you're handling them with care, wrapping them up, packaging them up and then loading them up. There's just so much to the process that I never thought about before and spelling it out like this. I'm, I got to tell you, it is just fascinating. Every little detail and just, wow, like, I don't know what else to say other than there are things that you are now talking about that I never thought about. And I think people need to appreciate that because there are a lot of little details that go into a big day. And one thing for me that bothers me the most is that there are some people who don't pay attention to the details and think you can just whip this together. And I think that's where kind of going back full circle here to people that do try to manage it on their own. The frustration comes, with me at least, in working with people who don't get it. I've run across many over the years, uh, different vendors that I've worked with, and I know that I've developed quite a list of, of I, mean, I would say pet peeves is right, but maybe maybe they are, they're frustrations, they're things that I notice that I'm just like, oh my gosh, why are you doing it that way? We can make it so much more effective and uh, you know make it a, l- a little easier in the process. I, there has to be with everything you've done over the, the the years here, there has to be a list of things you've noticed that other planners have done or other vendors that have done that just drive you nuts. What what do you think you've run into over the years that you could tell us about pet peeves, if that's the right word to use here? Sure. Well, you know, I've heard a lot of feedback from vendors. You know, I tend to be a little bit more easygoing in the sense of I understand that each vendor involved in the orchestration of a wedding Mm -hmm. does still want to build a relationship with the client. So a lot of the feedback that I've heard from some vendors is that a lot, there's a ton of planners out there that will not allow these vendors to communicate with the client. Mm. And I 
And just as someone who thinks, you know, I think that building relationships is so, so important. Absolutely. Me too. I would say that that is one of my pet peeves, one Mm -hmm. of my pet peeves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I, you know, I never really want to get in the way of a relationship between the two. And, you know, it's kind of a tough balance sometimes because the client is hiring you to be the main point of contact. But at the same time, you know, there's this fine line of still allowing these other vendors to build that relationships with their clients um, the mutual client yeah, and not get in the way of allowing that other vendor to have a relationship with these clients. And it's interesting you bring that up because from day one, when I talk to my clients who are going to be mutual clients, if I'm working with you in the instance of our couple that we worked with back in August, it was the same thing. I, I start my process with relationship in mind. Always. It's always about the relationship. At the end of the day, you're hiring all of us to do something which is completely unnatural. You're throwing a party for yourself. You're inviting all these people to celebrate you, bring you gifts and, oh, but I'll feed you and I'll give you booze and all that, right? So they're they're hiring all of these people to help them throw a party for themselves. And so it is important in that relationship. And that's how you get your business because, and you, you said it earlier, that if most of your business is coming from referral, then you have to have a relationship. The reason they want to refer you is because of that relationship. And so it is important to me. And I'm so glad you brought that up. So thank you for saying that because there you have it. I have run into event planners and coordinators that are like, well, no, 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 no. Just ask me. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, girl, I'm the one on the mic. So I have to, you know, <laughs> I, I, I kind of got to know some things. And if I have to get answers and you're not available, you know, yeah, I, I can definitely understand because I've. That that's a that's a huge pet peeve of mine, is is uh, the lack of communication between the client and me because of a person like you. So mm-hmm. there's there's other are there others out there? What what else bothers you? That can't be it. I know you're a you're a happy go lucky person and you enjoy life, but is there is there anything else that bothers you? Um, you know, on the opposite end of. Of the not allowing the vendors to communicate with the bride and groom, I have worked with some vendors who have not been communicators with me, which is frustrating because, you know, when you're working that day of timeline, you need to make sure there's there's a ton of moving parts. So let's say when you're doing your introductions and the bridal party is coming in to, to be seated, you, at the same time, we're coordinating with the venue to make mm-hmm. sure and catering to make sure that they're ready to go to serve dinner because, you know, sometimes maybe they're running behind and maybe we right. need to hold off on introductions for, let's say, 15, 10, 15 minutes. I worked a wedding once where the, the DJ did not consult with me. She lined the bridal party up with me while I was in the back kitchen. No. Um planning that timeline and the bridal party was coming out doing introductions before catering was even ready. And it's, it's, you know, those situations where the communication is tough. So it's like, Mm -hmm. there is a sweet spot where there is just the right amount of communication. And, you know, I do, I try not to, to be too hard on it because everybody has a different communication style and A very important part of this business is learning those communication styles with the other vendor prior to the event. And, you know, this was a very one-off situation. It doesn't, it doesn't happen very often, but mm-hmm. just, you know, an example there, but sure. there are some people who, who don't want to communicate at all with the coordinator. They just want to run the show. And I, I think that what some of those people realize is there are, there are too many moving parts and mm-hmm. 
a lot of coordination that goes in behind the scenes. That's probably my biggest pet peeve. So, on you know, the, the lack of communication bothers me most, but even more so, and you just started to touch on it there at the very end, I am not a fan of too many cooks in the kitchen. Never been a fan of that. For me, if there is an event coordinator or planner, yes, I'm going to work hand in hand with that person to make sure that the event goes off without a hitch. I'm going to let a photographer know this moment is going to happen this time. This is me personally. If I've got an event coordinator or planner with me, we're all working together. I think you found that out that not only am I communicating with you, but I also, even if you've communicated with someone else, I might as well. So a little bit of over communication sometimes can be good, but you know. For the most part, it's just this synergy of everybody knows what's going on all the time. But when you have too many cooks in the kitchen, when I've got, and I've talked about this before on this program, mom of whoever, so-and-so wants it her way. Dad, so-and-so wants it his way. Photographer, so-and-so wants it their way. That's when I start to get a little antsy. Mm -hmm. I don't do the cooks in the kitchen thing. I can't, especially when... And this is not a power trip. It's just stating facts. I'm the guy with the microphone. I've got to deliver that information to these people that you've invited. So your boy, he's done this a couple times, you know, and, and, and I know you feel the same way. I, you, you would feel the same way if you've got a bunch of different people telling you what to do when at the beginning of this, the bride and groom said, this is the person we trust yeah. to execute this day for us. Yes. So with that, on the opposite end of the spectrum, what are things that you do or that you recommend people do, your clients do, uh, to have a successful event? What can they do? Well, of course, first and foremost, hire a coordinator. Hire mm. a day of coordinator. Sounds familiar. Yes. Okay. I know we've <laughs> talked about this. Yeah. It is so important yeah. to ensure just a successful day in general. Sure. It, it's unbelievable how fast the timeline can go off the rails. All it takes is your ceremony 10 minutes late and yeah. it could throw off the entire day. Right. Hiring a coordinator, obviously, I would say is a number one. Yeah. A little less on the planning side or vendor side. Include aspects of your personal interest or hobbies into your wedding decor. Yeah. Don't do the standard greenery with white flowers and, you know, everybody's wedding looks like that. I had a couple a couple of years ago who they loved books and they incorporated a couple of very old fashioned books into their centerpieces. And it was just okay. so, I think about their wedding often. And, yeah. you know, I've had other clients do similar things, but Casey and Evan were amazing clients, but I, it just adds such a unique aspect to your wedding that keeps that personalized to the couple versus, you know, just kind of throwing decor in there just to have some, some decorations in the center of the table. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I would say the other thing I feel very passionately about, and you will probably agree with me, Brett, late me. night snacks. Oh, please. Yes. Late night snacks. Oh, still. Be still. More, more people need late night snacks. It's my yes. chubby inner child and chubby outer <laughs> child uh, that appreciates this. So, all right. Why is the late night snack so important? I got to know this. Whether you're having a dry wedding or a full bar, right. I your dinner is normally done being served in the 7 p.m. hour. Uh -huh. And then you've got guests out on the dance floor and yeah. your metabolism's 
kicking and you're burning calories and guests who have been drinking. I mean, we all know the feeling of a late night Taco Bell run. Absolutely love it. Late night snacks should be a requirement because you've got guests that are drinking. Yeah. Our hope and prayer is that they're not driving home, but you definitely want them to line their stomach with something so they don't wake up in the morning feeling awful. So I think that they should be a requirement. Yes, I agree with you. Now I must ask you a follow-up. What is your favorite late night snack that you've seen at weddings you've been a part of? I love pizza, but I will say I did a wedding this past summer where they had a bunch of college friends at their wedding. They had Taco Bell, late night Taco Bell. Yeah. So guess who got to go to Taco Bell to place and pick up the order for 250 tacos. That's an interesting drive through <laughs> It was an interesting drive through I stressed those employees out so much. They had to shut down Taco Bell oh, to no. fulfill the order. And I waited for an hour and 15 minutes outside of Taco Bell. Oh my gosh. I We cleared them out. We completely cleared them out. But I wow. the reviews on their late night Taco Bell at the wedding... Wow. Chef's kiss. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Late night Taco Bell. I've got a, a top two, and it's a tie for the, the number one spot because I love the Coney with accessories. Mm. If you're going to do a Coney bar, you got to have something else with the Coney, onion rings or French fries. I digress. Or this couple, yep. their wedding was at the Masonic Temple in Detroit. They had a Krispy Kreme late night snack. I mean, it was just Krispy Kreme donuts. I mean, they were fresh and hot out of the kitchen. Hard to say no. No, you don't, you don't say no to Krispy Kremes. No. No. Mm-mm. You also don't say no to late night Taco Bell and any late night snack. Pizza, I enjoy it. So uh, yes, please. If you're hearing this, you've heard it from Danielle. You need to have a late night snack available to your guests. Either pizza or conies or Taco Bell or Krispy Kremes. I think we've narrowed it down. And it is so cool that with all of what you do, and I have this experience too, I know that you probably get to meet a lot of interesting people. And I I think about that often with relationships that I have as we talk about the relationships with people that we get to form and we just get to go into a different space and just randomly meet people, but striking up conversations, I know for me has been an easy thing, especially with people I've never met. I don't know why that is, but I know in in the little research I did about you and your style, and you've expressed this on your website, that it is easy for you to interact with complete strangers. What makes it easy for you? Why is it so easy for you to just strike up a conversation with someone? That is a great question. I have always been this way. I was a very difficult child because (laughs) I would talk to everybody and you know, you're not supposed to talk to strangers, but I, I always have. And I, you know, I think that part of it is empathy, relatability, confidence, experience, and a little bit of sense of humor sprinkled in there. Sure. It's, it just, it's always been easy for me to talk to strangers. I don't overthink any of my interactions with people. I just, you know, I talk to everybody like we've been friends forever and it makes people feel very comfortable. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that's one of those, it kind of goes back to what we talked about earlier is I just think it's one of those qualities that I've kind of honed in on and, you know, I, I listen to a lot of motivational podcasts. I listen to a lot of speakers, TED Talks, and a lot of what they say is to hone in on these strengths that you have and mm-hmm. make a business out of that. And 
pursue that passion. And I think that some of those qualities really comes into play and makes it that much easier to interact with complete strangers. And you really, you don't know what you're going to get, but it's a wedding. You know, everyone for the most part is happy. I've I've only done one wedding where I would say most of them were not, mm. <laughs> um, but I, you know, you if people are, yeah, we do, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. do. Mm-hmm. it happens, you know, you, you'd be surprised. And, you know, those are more difficult situations because there are just some people that you can't please, but right. I have had some very interesting conversations with some very interesting people. And I, that's part of what motivates me. I I love it. I get yeah. enjoyment out of that. I forget who it was that I came across, but he was addressing the Alabama football team. And he talked about his job. And he said that I am so fortunate that I have a get to job, not a got to job. A get to job. I get to do this, not Oh, I've got to do this. And the fact that we get to make all of these new friends every single time we do this is the most rewarding thing ever. And the fact that you get to have these conversations with people. Yeah, there are times, I'm sure you would tell me there are times where you're talking to you're talking to folks, you're at an event, and what started out as I get to do this. Maybe it's the day and it turns into, well, I've got to do this because I said I was going to, right? How do you feel about that? That you get to do this, not that you've got to do this. How do you feel about that? I I love that entire thought. I feel the exact same way. I feel excited to do weddings. I mean, when it's a wedding day, gosh, even on weekends where I have a, a free time to my own, I don't just... Uh, jump out of bed with all the excitement in my body. But yeah. when I have a wedding day, I am, I'm up and at them. I am ready to do this. I'm excited. I'm wondering who am I going to meet today? Who am I going to get to talk to today? What fires am I going to get to put out? Like yeah. it's, it's not something that is daunting. It's something that brings excitement, lights a fire within me. And, you know, I That's never, cool. never really got that experience working corporate. You know, it's, it's a very different feeling, but it's so motivating. And that we get to do this even right now, as we are now going through yet another wave of COVID. COVID changed the wedding and event industry forever. And I don't ever want to politicize anything on this podcast. It's always just meant to be friendly, uh, cordial conversation. My wife and I were talking about that we are in a situation where we're going to be dealing with this forever. And that now, this wave that we're dealing with, if you notice, more and more people are getting sick and we're seeing more and more numbers, but they're managing it better because, yes, of course, like anything else, it's going to peter out to what we experience as the as the flu, maybe. Um, I'm hoping that be the case, that we can just say, oh, yeah, it's COVID season instead of, oh, my gosh, we lost all these people to COVID. I just had a consultation last week. The couple, the, the groom currently actively has COVID. <laughs> And uh, we did it, you know, via Zoom. And I know that some of the events that I had planned were rescheduled. You talked about that too with COVID. How have you and your business been managing through all of this? 2020 was especially rough because part of what keeps me balanced is that we're all going through this together in the best way and the worst way. There were a ton of cancellations. There were a ton of reschedules. It was, there was a lot of patience required in the entire planning process. So you know, I would say last year, well, two years ago now, it's 2022. 
Yeah. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. Put the yeah. calendar over, girl. Get um, that calendar. Which Flip 2020 feels like just yesterday, yeah. but you know, we yeah, still got to do a few events in 2020. And right. I would say that a lot of the events have turned to more of a like backyard type of wedding, private yeah. residence, or just much more intimate, which I, I don't see anything wrong with that either. Thank heavens. I haven't had any of my couples go down for COVID and have to do a last, very last minute yeah. reschedule. Yeah. Um, we've been blessed in that sense, but I, I feel like things are kind of starting to feel like they're getting back to of what, what we would call normal. Mm-hmm. You know, there's vaccines available and masks and social distancing and all of these requirements and right. things put in place to kind of keep things as contained mm-hmm. as we possibly can. But mm-hmm. I would say that I have seen the size of weddings significantly decrease. Now that's that said, I've also done some pretty large weddings. Yep. I did a backyard wedding at a family farm that they had, and that was 250 guests maybe, but it's in a barn and the tables were spaced out and yeah. it was a very safe environment. And they had COVID tests available for guests who weren't feeling well or starting to feel symptoms. So you know, there's these different protocols in place for weddings that are right. very not average, average yeah. in a pre 2020 sense. But yeah. we've definitely been we've been managing. I want things to go back to as normal as they can as soon as they can. But you know, we're we're here and we're gonna we're just taking it day by day. Did you happen to have an event the weekend that we started? It was March. I want to say it was Friday the 13th. I don't know why that sticks out to me. Yep. So March 14th, 2020, I had a wedding. Did you have one that weekend? No. You didn't? Okay. Mm-mm. No. I My weddings were, I think I had one the first weekend in April that was originally scheduled that ended up being rescheduled, but we, I did not have anything in March. I remember uh, it was at the Detroit Historical Museum. Beautiful. And this was a weird one because it was with tons of people that I had played their weddings before. It just so happened that they were all there at the wedding, which was really cool that they all happened to know this one couple. And I remember the vibe being kind of like, do we, don't we, you know, should <laughs> yeah. we, shouldn't we? And we saw that a lot, didn't we? I mean, we saw that a lot as, as event planners. I hate the word vendor so much, but it is, I know. is. as vendors seeing that over the last two years now and that we're rounding the corner that gives me hope i i feel good about that you know in in that we're rounding the corner now and that we can get back to the the normalish size wedding what would you say the pre-covid wedding size was on average versus you know now you kind of mentioned it's dwindled what what do you think that difference i would say on the smaller side 125 ish and on the larger side anything over 200 is considered large Do you think we'll get back to that? I hope so. I mean, more the merrier. More I, feet on the dance floor make me happy, you know. Yeah, and I mean, I hope so in once COVID is under control and it's not as contagious and, you know, once we get through all of that, but yeah, I I hope that one day we can get back to a normal size wedding now. There's obviously a lot more that goes into a larger wedding. Yeah. There's Yep. a lot more moving pieces, but I do, you know, it kind of breaks my heart sometimes talking to these couples and they're like, you know, we had to cut our guest list and we had to uninvite all of these people that we really wanted there by our right. side. And it's like, you know, if you, if you want to have a large wedding, I hope that, I hope that everyone will be able to do that one day mm-hmm. under the right circumstances, of course. 
We're, we're never going to be back to where we were. I think people's attitudes have changed. People's vibes have changed. And I still find myself not having as much physical contact with people. Just the handshake. As much as I love a handshake and a good hug from someone that's having a good time, like, hey, man, like, I don't want to get sick, y'all. So, but at the same time, I don't, I don't want to be paranoid because this is what we've decided. This is what we've chosen to do is to be a part of an industry that literally revolves around people being present and showing up. So fascinating. Well, I appreciate all your insight. I, I do have one very important last question to ask you because you've expressed that you found out your, your roots are more Italian than anything else. And anyone, well, I, I will say this for everyone who isn't already following you on social media, you should, because this one right here, she isn't shy about showing off her homemade pasta making skills. And so I got to know from you, what is your favorite Italian dish to whip up? You know, this is a new one for me, but tortellini. Yes. Yes. I have been making pasta for years. I've taken a stab at ravioli, which they like ravioli, but I made tortellini for Christmas first time. How did it go over, by the way? So good. It yeah, was yeah, so yeah. good. Cool. It was a little bit sloppy at the beginning. It's well, sure. it's it's tough to put a lot of ingredients inside of a tiny little space. And then there's right. a whole science to folding it up and making it look pretty. So I will say that it wasn't the most gorgeous looking tortellini, but Boy, did it taste good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Awesome. A lot of good reviews. Awesome. But I've got to learn how to make, I got to get it. For, well, first, I got to get a pasta maker, the, you know, the pasta press so you can have your, mm -hmm. you know, whatever, your linguine or fettuccine or spaghetti mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, yeah. Well, I just appreciate you, my friend, for taking the time to chat with me and some culinary secrets, but really mostly about event planning and coordinating. And I want people to know who you are. I want them to find you, Danielle. How can they find you online? You can find us on Facebook and Instagram and our website. Okay. So what's the website? Foodatinievents.com. Okay. Wonderful. Danielle McKee, everybody, my friend and yours, hopefully. Thank you so much, my friend, for, for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, Brett. I really appreciate it. Yeah.